into the contest. It's Friday the 20th of August. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Now, Shane, you are a chef, a very, very good cook, if people didn't know that. <laughs> um, we can't go anywhere at the moment. A little birdie's telling me you're getting the Weber out. You're getting the big barbecue out this weekend and you're going to just let rip. I am, Tim. There's a little bit of warmth in the air and that means barbecue time, mate. So I'm going to get some nice cold tinnies. I'm, I've got a really good butcher just close to where I live at Balgala mm-hmm. and um, I'm thinking i get some really nice lamb cutlets for the barbecue oh, and some prawns, mate. Mm. Let's just get a bit of Aussie summer going. Oh, yeah. How good are the prawns? I could eat a thousand <laughs> of them. Your Barbie, I uh, just can't wait one day to win when we can all get there. All right. Today on the show, we have Brisbane comedian radio host Shad Wicker. Of course, he knows a lot about the the game of rugby league and it's a pivotal weekend and everyone's favourite silver medal winning Olympian, John Stephenson. AFL, pivotal game tonight. Western Bulldogs, Shano, your title hopes, your title favourites. I know you want the Swans to win, mm. but do you think Western Bulldogs will? I think so, mate. I think uh, if you look at all teams um, evenly, if they're playing their best, I think the Bulldogs just have the best midfield. Um, but a massive game for them tonight, mate, playing Port Adelaide, who are really in contention as well. They're playing some good footy, so a big game there. And then another big match over the weekend is Geelong v Melbourne, mate. So... You know, you'd think that Sydney are playing the Gold Coast, they'll beat them. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be two big matches there, Geelong-Melbourne and Bulldogs-Port. Yeah, top of the table clash, of course, Geelong and Melbourne. And, of course, one of the guys, you can't uh, discount the value and the work put in by Paul Ruse to to get Melbourne. I know he's not coaching them mm. now, but there was the, the whole succession plan, did an amazing job. And uh, I love listening to him and Steve Rickson this week on Lunch with Lee. And he actually mentioned that uh, the Western Bulldogs are his uh, favourites for the competition. Yeah, he's got a very, very good nose for success, old Paul Ruse. And, um, mate, he's, uh, yeah, his tip is the Bulldogs. He thinks, similar to what I was thinking there, that at their best, the Bulldogs probably have the best midfield. Um, and they have Wanton Pelly too, who'll probably be the Brownlow medalist. So, yeah, but some really, really good matches, mate, this weekend. But uh, fingers crossed that the Swans can flog the Gold Coast because mm. I reckon they're still a smoky for the, for the grand final. Well, they've certainly got the ability, don't they? And just quickly, this is going to be controversial. It's going to upset some people. Shane, who's better? The Roosters. I'm not going to talk to Shad about rugby league. <laughs> who's better, the Roosters of 75 or the Storm of 2021? As we mentioned, Craig Hodges is involved with this podcast. If I don't say the Roosters, he won't talk to me for two weeks. So I have to, I have to say the 75 Roosters, just those names at this stage, are probably better. But that Melbourne Storm team are bloody good. Oh, they are very, very good. Well, we'll talk rugby league with Shadwicker, Brisbane comedian, next on Afternoon Sport. I love this time, and I love this bloke. His name is Shad Wicker, the Brisbane comedian that knows more about rugby league than most humans I know. How are you, Shad? Mate, I'm doing well, guys. I'm doing well. We're living large up here in uh, Queensland. Everyone's still wearing a mask, though, so that means everyone, in my eyes, looks bloody gorgeous. I reckon <laughs> masks make everyone look hot. I don't know if I've presented this idea to you guys before, but you put like a mask on. Mate, exactly, exactly. Everyone just, just eyes looking at you walking down the street. Absolutely gorgeous. It's when they take it off. You see yeah. how many keys are missing in the piano and then you're a bit like, oh, my God, maybe put that back on. Well, I'll tell you what keys are not missing is, is in the Storms game, although they started slow last night against the Titans, but they they now equal the Roosters' 1975 team with 19 consecutive wins. I, I 
really enjoyed this game, but not just because of the storm. Like, oh, mm. there's something good going on in the Gold Coast right now. I know it's taking a bit of time, but they just seem like they're only maybe one, one half, like a half or a five-eighth away from becoming a solid top eight team. Mm. That, is well, that too much to think? Like, no, well, 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 the strip joints are closed up there, so the boys might be focused. Well, exactly. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, I think you're on the money. And look, uh, Preston's young bloke at the back was brilliant last night. Yeah, superstar. I, I, I think, I think they're about sixty to eighty tackles behind being a top team. That's that's my only problem with them. I watched that game last night, and I thought, you know, you look so good so often, but then you look like you're defending with twelve players. They're also um, they're also about six six thousand people short of actually having a crowd at the um, stadium. What is mm. going on? You're playing the Melbourne Storm. You're in the top eight, like an important game. It looked like there was a hundred people sitting in the stadium. Like mm. I don't know how they they can't buy a crowd there. I got a mate that works down in the Gold Coast, and they've got like season tickets down there. He reckons the camera's on the wrong side of the stadium. Mm. Like he right. keeps saying that it's pretty full. I'm like, it doesn't look like it on the telly. He goes, it must be pointing at the opposite side of the. <laughs> Stadium. I was like, that sounds. That sounds like the worst cover up. Uh, we, we we need your mate to do our PR for us. That's euphemism at its best. And by the way, Shane, I'll let you ask the next question. But I think the strip joints are open, so that that might oh, right. explain why the crowd's down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, just on that, but you, you mentioned it, Timmy. Um, that Jaden Campbell, he to me is a future State of Origin star and a kangaroo. He. That kid, he has the X factor. I'm telling you right now. Is he in New South Wales or Queensland? Oh, I have no idea. Um, him, 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 Preston was up here. Yeah, but Preston, it'd be interesting. I think he would be Queensland because Preston's been retired for a long time and uh, when he left the Sharks, the kids were just babies. So I would suggest that he's a Queenslander. Look, what about what about the games? Uh, obviously, we're looking for everything in our life at the moment to, for a bit of excitement, but I'll be sitting on the couch to watch both of these tonight. They're crackers, and they, they do really give us an indication of what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Canberra Manly and South Penrith. I reckon um, I reckon Penrith would be a bit worried if they get, if they get towed up by Souths. I think uh, they... I'm worried about Penrith completely falling off in the finals this year. I don't know. There's something about – I think that everyone else is better and their early record is only the, the only thing keeping them where they're at right now. I know they've like they've got full strength back again, but this will be the true test because while Cleary's been away, the Rabbitohs, the Sea Eagles have really turned things around to become – like, I mean, South, South have broken the record mm. for the most amount of 30-point games like that, that game, I think, is the best one of the round. You've got two teams that can easily put 40-odd points on another and probably have a few issues lately with keeping people out of the try line. Mm. Like it's, I reckon that's going to be a really good game. And that'll, that, for me, will make me make a call of whether I think Penrith will even make it to the final, which was my prediction at the beginning of the year, was the yep. easy Melbourne Penrith and Penrith would lose. I think it might be South Melbourne. So Now, Shad, um, a lot of talk this week about a Brisbane second team, uh, Redcliffe Dolphins being touted as the as the leader, or, or the or the or the number one preference over Ipswich and Rockhampton. What are your thoughts on that? Well, as a Warriors fan, and uh, I know mm. this drives Tim nuts um, mm. because it's ridiculous. It's like it's the most tenuous link. I can't say anything. I've had more clubs than Jack Nicholas. My standard answer is whoever pays me, I go for. But back to you, back to you. Well, this is what I'm going to do, and I think you'll like this. Is mm. When the new expansion team is is announced, and it will be announced, mm-hmm. it I will I will go all in on the expansion. Whoa! Wow! Jesus. You're gonna Here flick him. 
Piss off the Warriors. <laughs> I mean, I can't entirely piss off the Warriors because it's been all through my youth, but this will be my, it'll be my team. I'll get the jerseys. I'll probably get season tickets. I'm going to wow. go all in and I'm going to be like, this is it. I'm coming in at ground level and I'm going to go all the way, all the way up. Number one ticket holder. Yeah. And I think. I love it. I, if I had a preference, I would yeah. probably want it to be the Redcliffe Dolphins. Yeah, he, he. yeah. And the reason for that is uh, like because both of the bids in terms of um, the Brisbane ones, because I don't count Ipswich as Brisbane, um, is they both have like long club history into like the QRL, which I think will be really big for when you start a new team because you're not doing like <laughs> what the Gold Coast did, which is like, that. I'm just going to open a tape. Like they've got members. But I don't like Firehawks. It sounds like an American cheerleading squad mm. calling your team. Like, let's go Firehawks. Like, I'm not, mm, I'm not into nah. that. Give me the Dolphins all the way. Is it true they're so cashed up that I've been reading? Like, they've just got all this money mm. ready to roll? Yeah, yeah they're, they're in a pretty good state of affairs. And I get you. You do not want uh, South Queensland Crushers Mark II, and that's what that would be. Like, if you try to just create something out of nothing, I'm with you there. Do you think, um, do you think Wayne... Like, do you reckon first off that it'll happen and it'll be in 2023? And do you think that Wayne will be their head coach or coaching director? If the money's right. Does that make, does that make, does that make him a Dolphin trainer? <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? You know what I love as well if he, if he comes mm. back and coaches the Dolphins? The bloody, the bloody drama, boys. The home and away <laughs> of Broncos v. the new Brisbane side. Ben Iken in charge of one. Wayne yeah. in charge of the other. Oh, juicy times in Brisbane. Oh, got a bit of, got a bit of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn about it. Oh, yeah, and they'll both share Suncorp Stadium. You would imagine as their home ground. It's got to happen. Look, it's just a, it's a fait accompli. Let's hope that the Gold Coast can finally uh, make it after twenty odd years. It's still, you know, still not completely convincing um, that you know a rugby league team is going to work long term. But a second team in Brisbane, without question. Yeah, it's ready. We're ready to roll. I mean, it's a perfect time because uh, Brisbane. And still suck. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to welcome to the program today the the Redcliffe Dolphins' number one supporter, of course, Australia's number one comedian, the world's number one comedian, Mr. Shad Wicker. It's twenty twenty five. Shad, let's talk next week. No, now, let's Shad, just a, a little bit off off the boil here, but uh, Portuguese motor GP Miguel Oliveira has married his stepsister. What do you think? Now, surely the first question is, who's your daddy? And he obviously got the answer, and I think it's his dad's. Second wife's daughter. I think uh, I think I've seen this video in some of my search history. <laughs> from, uh, I might have to go and quickly clear that actually today. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might just leave that. Shad, talk to you next week, eh? Please. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, silver medalist from the Olympic Games, Commonwealth Games gold medalist, medals at the World Championships. It's John Stephenson. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. 
It is John Day, Friday Fun Day. He's labelled it himself, John Stephenson. How are you, buddy? Gentlemen, how are you? Now, Johnny, we were talking about on the show yesterday, we are talking about uh, what do people do with their, their, their medals after the Olympics. Now, there's a girl, Maria, from, from Poland who just auctioned off one of her silver medals for $246,000. What have you done with your medals, mate? And that, well, was that, that was interesting watching, um, reading that article in regards to because you know when I read it, when I read what she was doing with it, obviously um, she has a she went through herself um, when she was uh, younger um, a bone marrow transplant. Yes, and I guess you know for her that was that's what you know really resonated with her on wanting to sell a medal to then you know for this young kid which she. Um, which she, you know, has an affiliation with. But I thought to myself, like, would I do that? And I probably would, mm. you know, because my medals, I've done absolutely nothing with them. I mean, besides them collect dust and Don't you don't you parade around the room naked in them? <laughs> hang them off my cock shape, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I mean, besides, you know, besides them collecting dust, I, you know, and and it's nice to pull them out every now and then. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think if you can do greater good with it and mm. you can make and help somebody else. I mean, right, that's a lot of money that she raised potentially yes. to help someone else. I think that's a really cool thing to do. And it was a bit of a sign, a bit of a sign of the games, wasn't it? There were so many joyous moments, and obviously we obviously it resonates here in Australia because we concentrate on everything that's been happening with Australian athletes and the way that it reverberates around this country. But here's just a little bit of an indication of how it is assisting around the whole world. How that Olympic Games was a worldwide success. Well, I said it you know, a lot, you know, during the broadcast and, and just after post-Olympics, it was the inspirational games, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you sort of see um, what was funny about, you know, Maria was she just missed out on the medal by like, you know, like centimetres in Rio mm-hmm. and then she wins the medal that she wanted, or well, not the colour she wanted, but she won a medal finally in um, in Tokyo and then she she sells it straight away. So I thought, you know, you're right, Tim, that, that is really showing you sort of maybe where the world is at the moment, I guess, you know, um, as a society, emotionally, globally, with everything we're going through with this pandemic, that I think people are starting to see past their own noses and starting to realize that, you know, you know, we need to sort of help, um, you know, each other and fellow man and, and woman to, to survive um, sometimes what's going on in the world. Uh, beautifully said. And if, and if Tokyo was the inspirational games, well, it doesn't get any more inspirational than the Paralympics, which is about to start as well. Yeah, the Paris. See, for, for me, we've been working a lot at, the, at, the, at Athletics Australia um, with our Paralympians. And, you know, for us, it's a big part of our sport. I mean, to really be honest with you, they win the most gold medals for us as a sport, you know, put together. So they really mm. prop us up from a, from, we're talking athletics here, from a, from a sports, you know, Sport Australia, but it's Australia um, point of view. Um, so, you know, you've got Matty Di, Di Rosario that will be competing in the wheelchair race. Um, you know, there's, um, there's Jared Clifford who bro- has been breaking world records, you know, nonstop um, throughout, not only last year, but this year um, in the 1500. And you also got Matt um, Roger in the same event. So it's just, um, we were really blessed for us in track and field to have such a great representation when it comes to the Paralympics and looking forward to watching it. If it was anything like how the Olympics was, um, I think everybody would tune in. It'll be great for, for Paralympians because I don't think they often get um, 
you know, their time to really shine because of the time zones. I think that's what made Tokyo so cool was that the yeah. time zone was, was, was right for Australians. So you could come home, have your dinner, put on the Olympic games and you was getting nonstop sport for, you know, a period of four hours at night. And then in the day you'll get the same thing from when you woke up in the morning till, till one o'clock. And I think this is going to be great for our Paralympians, our Australians for them to really get some, you know, some attention on the sport, on their sports and, and really build their names and become household names in Australia. Oh, absolutely. And I know we've been very grown up this Friday. Usually there's a whole lot of hilarity and we're going a bit stupid. But sometimes you've got to uh, hit the heartstrings because sport does that. And, and the, the the one thing, and, and I'd love you to give us your thoughts on this, is uh, we're going to get beaten for time. But the thing about the para games, John, is that so many of these athletes have brought themselves, dragged themselves, motivated themselves, goal-setted themselves beyond some of the frailties that they have, you know, and some of them enormous frailties or, you know, disability to to be to be where they are and it's amazing what this means to so many well, i speak to uh, obviously working with the federation at athletics australia um we don't see them having disabilities if, if, if that makes any sort of sense tim they're athletes and they work as hard mm. as what you know any olympian does and, and that's not trying to sound all fluffy and romantic the reality is they work their asses off and like you said with the frailties and the things that they've got going on they look they look past it so we look past it and um and we we support them um in in whatever endeavor they want to achieve you know and a lot of these athletes if you see I challenge anybody that's sitting on their couch to try and do half the things that our Paralympians do is absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be great for them um, with the games being being held um, at the same time zone. And, and I think, you know, um, I think people are going to get a greater appreciation for what the Paralympians go through. Yeah, lockdown may have a blessing there for them, I think. I, I agree. I think that a lot of people are going to watch this and be inspired, mate, as you said. Well done, Johnny. No worries, guys. Uh, well, you know, it was John Day. I get to decide on sort of what tone we go with this. And today I said to pull you guys both up, throw some serious tones, and yep. you see it's worked out very well for everybody. So I look forward to next week. You never know what you're going to get with John Day. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I reckon next week might be full of abuse. We'll talk to you then. <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you today to Shad Wicker and to John Stephenson. Thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, www.xblades.com.au. And another man who's very talented. We love him dearly. His name is Mr. Dan McHugh. He's our producer. We'll be back Monday for your daily dose of sport. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care.